0: In the name of Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, to me. Last time we started with Michael to know what his presence, what is his presence, what is to be in his presence. And this morning or today we have three talks and three workshops. The three talks, the first one, what happens in his presence. Why I am desiring How to assure myself and to enjoy this being in this presence. And lastly, we speak about opposite. Why sometimes I am not in this presence? Why I'm not enjoying it as I hear about it. So let us start with our talk today. But before we start, let me share with you this verse. Please open your Bible. You will have the verse in front of you. But please open your Bible. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Therefore, I will not neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things. Saint Peter is urging them before his martyrdom. Second Peter was written just a few weeks before his martyrdom. Though you know them and are established in the present truth. is not telling them something, there is a present truth. It's present truth that we are in His presence. Whether you feel it or not, you know about it or not, you heard about it or not, there is a present truth. If you go before this verse from 1 to 11, he was telling them that you became partakers of his divine nature. He was telling them that from now on you are able to escape the corruption of the world. So, what is here, present truth is the fact that you knew, you lived in it, even if you are now ignorant of it, or it's not in your mind anymore, I'm just reminding you, it is the present truth. So what we are going to talk today is the present truth. We are not imagining a truth, we are not imagining something was in the past or in the future, because sometimes we are relying on church fathers or church martyrs or saints as stories. He's telling us here, there is a present truth. You are a participant of this life, and you're required to enjoy something different. It's not a matter that you hear about stories of saints, or you watch their movies, it is you are going to be a participant of this life. The church is teaching us every single worship has only three main aims. It shows us a relationship and this relationship is a participation and this participation is in the life of God. So always we are coming before Him, seeking a relationship, participation in the divine life. No less than that. If you are imagining something differently, if you felt that you attended many services before and you are not you are not sharing in this divine life, then there is something missing. I need to reconsider this moment. The whole day we will be reading one chapter and we add some more verses. If you open now, chapter eight, in the first king, uh, first king, chapter eight. It is one of the greatest days in the history of the Israelites in the Old Testament. It was the day Prays. So we we'll see how this event changed the life of the Israelites, and despite was a great day, it was just a shadow, a shadow of things to happen, a simple thing. So we we'll see a glimpse of the shadow, and then we will go to the reality of the church. The shadow will be scattered from everywhere, but then we we'll see how the church is entrusting us to the reality of the fullness of these great things. But before we start again, let me share with you this word to encourage you from center of He's telling us, creation is done by the Son of God, who was not seen at the time. And recreation is done also by the Son of God, who became flesh. Let us see it together. You are my God, and most of all am I a creature longing to be created anew. I am sure this is a longing of every one of us. One major thing to be in his presence is to desire the presence. is to be in need for his presence. And this is what St. Augustine is telling us. You are my God, you are my creator, you created me through your word, Jesus Christ, and He created me through word jesus christ again you created me through the word abiding in yourself he was in the bosom of the father before all ages and you recreated me through the Word, who was made flesh for us and he is present till today with us and he is abiding and he is joining in meeting if two or three is gathered in my name i will be amongst so now back to uh, first things, chapter 8. Let me show you a small historical uh, background of this chapter. According to the Jewish tradition, Solomon finished the temple eleven months before his death, But he decided to choose a certain time to consecrate the temple. So he chose the seventh month of the year. Was the seventh month, and he chose to be around the tenth day of the seventh month of the year. Old church tradition or Jewish tradition, said that he was looking for the year of jubilee, and this year was a jubilee year. And the tenth of the first seventh month is the beginning of the jubilee year. The jubilee year is the year where the Israelites have to have rest. To restore what has been lost and we have freedom. And he's telling us, I have chosen that he waited for 11 months to be able to celebrate this feast of the consecration on that day, on this period of the year, on this period of the whole history of the Israelites. Let us reflect on this before we start. God is telling you that the Ghibli year is going to start by a consecration, by a real presence, by an awesome presence to God in front of the whole congregation. But are you ready for it? We'll see in the next talk how to be ready for it. But now, this is the desire in my heart, that I am choosing a certain day and you have to mention or to choose by yourself your beginning. To you remember in Luke chapter four, when the Lord was in the temple or in the synagogue, they gave him the scriptures. He raised from Isaiah and he told them, "The Lord, as the Spirit of God is upon me. He anointed me to proclaim the year of acceptance." And then he closed the book and he told them, "Today it has been." has been fulfilled what you heard, and He's telling you again. The Jubilee year was every 49 years, it was the 50th year. But today He's telling you, today it has been fulfilled. You can start your Jubilee year from today. You can start a change of your life, being in His presence, a continuous and perpetual presence, today if you want. That's why at the beginning. He was telling us, I have chosen a year of jubilee. And today is a day of jubilee. And all our days now in Christ became a jubilee, a continuous jubilee. Freedom, restoring what has been lost, and a blessing as well. The first part of the chapter, from 1 till 12 or 11, He was telling us how He was making Himself ready to receive this awesome presence. We'll leave this in the next two. And now we see, when he came into the presence, what is happening. If we go together to verse 8, 13. I have surely built a house of loftiness for you, a settled place for you to abide in forever. When we come to his presence, what is going to happen? First thing is, I am going to be... A temple, and a temple forever for Him. The church, from day one, since you came and you were baptized as a child or as an adult, the church was telling you and me, you are a temple. But not anywhere else, rather than His presence. I'm sure i shared with you many times before, that when we are baptized, we face first the West, we denounce the devil and then the east and we proclaim Christ and His commandments. Every time we stand in His presence, I am in the same position, world position to tell the devil and to proclaim God is my Savior. I am here to follow Him and to follow His word. I am nothing less than that. So in His presence, I am re sanctifying my temple. I'm proclaiming once more settled place for you to abide in forever it's not a building anymore it's you and me even the lord in John chapter 2 said he was look out the temple of his then later, Saint Paul said, "You are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to sanctify you, and from day one, you were in this position. So, I'm coming in His presence with a desire for re I and an everlasting temple. But definitely, every one of us coming to this presence with." many souls of my past. Michael was sharing with us yesterday that we lose here and now because I am drawn in my past. God knows your past and knows my past and He's going to change it. The very famous thing we proclaim in our church that God is ready to give you a new past, new present and new future. In every confession, every time you come and repent and confess your sins, and before all, it was in your practice that He is giving you a new past, new present, a new future. But don't indulge yourself too much in, in the past. We are here and now for a new past, a new conversion. So first of all, in His presence, Solomon was telling him, "Settle place for you to abide in forever. And this is you and me, nothing less than that. Next verse is 14. And the king turned his face around. Those who are sanctified cannot leave the world unholy. And the sad part of the story is that many of us are serving without personal sanctification. And then we are saying, Why my service is not good enough? Why I'm effective in my ministry? Solomon was telling us, first, I received such. I sanctified myself. Then I am going to the world. We speak in the last talk about syncretism, how we are mixing between the world and God here, still. And we believe that we can manage both of them, part-time believers and part-time non-believers, if you can say it. So the second thing, in His presence, I have a message to the whole world. I cannot see or accept the world living in unholy status. Why? Because I enjoy the presence. And I am enjoying an eternal act in my heart, in my mind. So, and the king turned his face around to face the world, to face his congregation. He called them all without exception. And he's calling everyone by His name, as Isaiah says in Isaiah 43, chapter 1, verse 1, that I have called you by your name, there is no exception. If you are still in this deception, but not me, my past is worse than anyone else. He's is telling you, sanctification is for all, and the mission to the world also is for all. In the same verse, He said, and blessed the Lord, the God of Israel. We are singing a lot of songs and saying, "We bless you. Yes, but why? If you follow with Solomon, I will not go deeper in this chapter, but I will leave it for you the whole day and maybe when you go home as well. Blessed the Lord, God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to David, my father, and so on. I have something to bless him for. In His presence, I will be able to recognize the awesomeness of the God whom I am worshiping. That's why I will start praising Him. We are just taking snapshots from this chapter and then we see how the church put it in a proper form, not to feel that we are Confused, but just are seeing how Solomon in his presence was different. What he prayed for, what he received, how he sanctified himself, how he looked to the whole world. So we bless the Lord in his presence. And then we will ask, what is going to happen if I'm blessing him? We say in the liturgy that a sheruim, breathing, worshipping him, and we share in the same worship. We are becoming what we ought to be. We are called from day one since we are baptized to be heavenly creatures. Those who are blessing the Lord, living the potential. Living the calling in its fullness. I am here to bless Him. With all the heavenly hosts, with all the saints, even with the whole creation. The whole creation is worshipping and we find Him. As the psalm says, and many places in the Bible. So First of all, in His presence, I will receive sanctification. In His presence, secondly, I will face the world and have a mission toward the world because I can't see the world unholy anymore. And thirdly, I will bless Him. In verse 20 and 21, He's telling us, it's a testimony and reminder. By the way, being in His presence it means I am learning how to pray. I'm learning what I am going to experience in this. In verse twenty, it reads, "And the Lord has performed His word to which He spoke." It's a testing to my heart. Sometimes when we are praying, we are just blaming Him. You didn't do this for me. You promised me with this, and you didn't make it. You delayed this for me. You even sometimes say, you are not allowed me to enjoy my life because of this and this. And the Lord has performed his word which he spoke, and I have risen up in the state of my father David. And I sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised, and I have built a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. They set there is a place for the ark in which is a covenant of the lord which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land he is enjoying what the lord has done in his life and only not only his life but in the life of the whole israelites what are you going to enjoy in his presence today when you sing a song and we say i surrender sometimes you are in fear because I am rejecting or I am refusing to surrender. I have my own ideas and it's good for me and no one is going to change it. But he's telling us, in my presence, your thoughts will be broken down to be my thoughts. We sing it as well, but still it's not my reality. So in his presence, he was able to give a test to me for his faithfulness and a reminder for myself and for the whole congregation. He was praying his prayer in front of the whole congregation. We have an awesome God. He promised and He fulfilled His promise. He was caring for us since the beginning and He is going to continue to care for us till the end. And he let me just jump to Acts chapter 5. Because Solomon was in a real presence and the congregation were in a real presence, then there's a change. There's something is going to happen. We'll see here in Acts chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. When we read it, sometimes you are laughing, sometimes you don't believe it, sometimes you feel it's just a miracle. No. So, as to carry out the sick and inter- And placed them on the courts and mattresses so that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And also, a multitude came from the cities around Jerusalem, bringing sick ones and those being tormented by unclean spirits who were all healed. Definitely, it was not the shadow of Peter, it was the prayer the presence of God which was communicating with through the shadow of Peter but the reality is there is a presence that's why it's very important to find out it's not a matter of being in the church or being on my inner room or being anywhere the reality is there is a real presence as you were going to share in some of the workshops In the presence of Saint sarafim of Sarov, there was a fire. He was living among the snow, but there was a fire in his presence. Even those who were sitting with him, they feel this fire. He was conveying this fire to them. Again, he was not making miracles, but he is in the presence of God. We feel and we receive this fire of his presence. That's why it's not a shadow, it's not a person, it's not anything, it's the presence of God that makes this thick feeling or this thick reality that He is here. Maybe you are sitting with 50 or 100 or whatever the number, but some people are feeling this presence remember, the lady who was bleeding for 12 years, the Lord said, there is something If Someone has touched me. Someone was expecting to receive something. Someone was recognizing the presence of Christ. All others were seeking to hear, mentally to enjoy the teaching of Jesus. Or enjoy the blessing of being with a great rabbi at that time in the eyes. But someone was there to receive Something. As Michael said, As a receptive. in his presence we are receptive. Now let us put it in the terms of the New Testament. The best story of the conversion of Russia when Vladimir I saw that Russia is a big country and it was scattered into small sects and groups. He wanted to unite them. So a good idea. We feel that it's a divine idea that if we have one religion, we are always able to unite everybody. So he sent delegations everywhere, and then he sent a letter to the emperor in Constantinople, and the emperor sent to the archbishop, was telling him, "Be ready because you have." Some visitors from Russia would like to show them the glory of the presence of our God. He did nothing, just he invited them to attend the liturgy. And he went home, those delegations, to the emperor Vladimir I and said, we didn't know if we were in heaven or on earth. And he decided to be Christian and Orthodox and the Church of who are caring for the Church of Russia for 300 years. We experienced the presence of God. That's why in our liturgy, it's time to experience the presence of God. Not to be busy with anything, with someone crying, with someone moving, with someone coming late. Just enjoy such awesome presence. So the four words we use in the church in the New Testament to summarize what we have said. Purification, illumination, transformation and unification. So let us take them one by one to see now how I can be in His presence. It's not something practical you need to do, it's something you need to believe in first and to start to experience. Because when we speak about prayer, you can write volumes, and read volumes of prayer. Unless you pray, you are not going to learn how to pray at all. But let us focus for a minute in this diagram. In each and every stage, illumination, purification, illumination, transformation, purification, there is something very important. It's a synergy. It's a divine human act. Because unfortunately, nowadays many are thinking of one side, I'm going to do it, it's not our belief, and it's not the Bible teaching or the church teaching, or I'm here, do whatever you want, he's not going to do it as well, it's a synergy, it's a divine human act, the purification is a divine human act, I choose and desire to be in his presence. And in his presence is going to do something, as I said yesterday. It's a mystical act. We spoke yesterday many times about, mentally, what is going to happen. You are receptive, you are aware, it's a state which is very true. And then you will feel, then what is going to happen. What is going to happen is a mystical act beyond your imagination and beyond any written book one of the father was saying God has ways to change people, to deal with people how many how many ways do you have God as the number of all creation he has his own way with you personally so don't expect something has been done before God has enough power to change everyone to change Everything in my life. We say in the liturgy at the very beginning, O God of grace who sent your salvation, who is able to do everything (coughs) in everyone. Who is able to do everything in everyone. This is our expectation before we start the liturgy. I'm not coming to hear something new, I'm not coming to learn something from the scripture only. But you are coming for the one who is able to make everything for everyone. So remember always in His presence it's a synergy. He's going to do something and your reception is very important. Your reaction to His voice in your, in, your, in your ears, to the movement in your heart is very important. Without it, it will never be fulfilled. So first thing is purification. I'm sure everyone of us coming today, or at any point in my life, I need to be reified. The four stages is not a stages of life. At all times, I'm in the four of them. Every single month of my life, I'm seeking a purification in certain area. Every single time in my life, I'm illuminated in another area. So the four of them, not stages. They are stages and continuously done in my life, every moment. But let us pause for a second here. Sometimes, it, but I never saw someone like this. Whenever I come to church, people are the same. Their behavior is nearly the same, and I feel that this purification, elimination, transformation is a fake story to be to hear about. it, But in reality, I cannot see it. I cannot touch it. And we make it worse, we say, even those who are serving or ministering to us, we never saw them changed. We are the same people, and we know their bad behavior more than even their good behavior. If you cannot see this in the lives of people around you, it doesn't mean it does not exist. It is there, and it's available, and it's for you as well. You might be the first one in your family, or in your group, to experience the reality of such presence. So, the first thing is beautification. Back to 1st Kings chapter 8 and verse 38. It's again part of the prayer of Solomon. He's saying, Whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people, Israel, when each one knows the plague of his own heart. In his presence, I will know the plague of my own heart. Someone was asking yesterday, what if I am deceived? I don't know if I am right or wrong, I am in the right state or in the wrong state in you and me. In my presence, you will know the blade of your heart. You are coming to be exposed to the marvelous light of Christ. That's why it's a desire for me. I'm coming because I would like to search deeper. Michael was saying last night, it's not something superficial. I am a deacon or a servant or church attendant even. I come sometimes on some Sundays, sometimes I come in time, some other times I I come late. So I have the form. But he is telling me, someone coming knowing the plague of his heart, the plague of his own life, to be able to receive something in it. Why again? Because even in confession, we hear it. Okay. I'm very bad. So, what? bad in which way? In everything. How come? So, in his presence, to purify me, I'm coming knowing, or he's going to expose this to me. Here's the blade of your heart. You need to forgive. You need to stop this relationship, you need to change your attitudes with your parents, with your brother, with your wife, with your husband, whoever he is. You need to stop the stubbornness of your mind, you are not right always. Many things will start to appear in his presence, and out of the purification act, I will desire more. If you see the relationship, a bride and a groom, and the groom is every day beautifying his groom. So the desire is to be in his presence, to be more beautiful in his eyes, to be worthy of the great wedding on the last day. Second thing in the verification, if you open First John 3 and verse 3 and 4. First John 3. The Holy Spirit says on 1 John chapter 3, and everyone who has this hope in Him, the hope that we are now the children of God, I don't know what we are going to be, but we know that we are going to be like Him because we will see Him as as He is, beautifies Himself. We said it's a synergy. It's going to show you and me the plague of my heart, and now I'm responding. There is relationships to be cut off, there is uh, an act of my will that I will decide to change. Responding to what He reveals to me, I am going in a certain direction. Just as He pure, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. It means the purification is endless. Why? He is always purifying himself. Why? Because he is pure. So the first thing in his presence, according to the terms of the church, purification. He will show me the plague of my heart, I am going to respond. Yes. Not finding an excuse, because many times we find found out that I am a weak person. We are humans. Uh, No one is able to make it. This is the ideal that Christ is telling us but we can't make it be sure, God is not mocking us when he said be holy because I am holy, he meant it and he means that he is offering the means as well to make me holy as he is holy don't lower it don't make your own mind about the reality of the fullness of the message there is real holiness and it comes from him when I cooperate with him, the final thing in the purification is Second Corinthians chapter six. Saint Paul is telling us, in his presence, you know who you are. You will know that you are his son, and he is your father, and he is caring about you. Then, what respond. Let us read it from verse 16, verse chapter 6, to the first verse in chapter 7. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate. Be separate. Be holy. Set apart for divine purpose. Says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean and i will receive you i will be a father to you in his presence you will experience this possible and you shall be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty it looks nice what is your response what is what is the synergy in it he's telling me you are my son you are my daughter and i love you and i will care about you and and somebody is not no therefore having these promises Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness fels, of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Yes. It's not enough to hear that God loves, so loves the world. There is something to do to enjoy this love. It's not enough to say that He is my Father, our Father who art in heaven. Are you acting as a son? In His presence He will show you and me the break of my heart and in His presence He will give me the power to purify myself. Again, you will never be able to do it with a humble mind, a humble heart. If you are coming to examine His work, many times we hear questions and we feel a sincere heart behind the question is looking for an answer. To have a deeper relationship some other times we feel that the question is you are wrong your God didn't make it right this verse is not matching with what I think it is right you will never be able to get it that's why he's saying therefore having these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. it's not my act only it's not his act only is bestowing His grace and I am responding properly in this synergy to Him. So first thing in His presence that will be the purification. St. John Christom is telling us remember in each liturgy you have this power. He is giving you this power in your pattern. Let us return from that table, the Eucharist. Like lions breathing out fire to define to the devil. We are receiving a real power. That's why it's equipping us in our daily warfare. Don't say I am weak. You have the power that you're breathing out fire to refine the devil. He says in 2nd Thessalonians, in the last days when the Lord will appear, he will Destroy the antichrist with the breath of his mouth, and he's giving us the symbol. The same Christ is indwelling in you and me. That Saint John says also in First John chapter four, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. This is my reality. The purification is a power that he is giving to me to know the plague of my heart and to equip me as well to work with Him. Having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves, let us purify ourselves. Second thing is elimination. As I said at the beginning, it doesn't mean that I will finish purification and start elimination. Some part of my life is purified and now start to eliminate. Some other parts still need purification. Some parts are already transformed and again transformation is endless. Munification is endless. The recognition of the transformation is endless because we are aiming to the full stature of Christ. Second thing is the illumination. Let me share with you Galatians chapter one verse sixteen. Saint Paul says, "To reveal His Son in me is a revelation." If you go to Acts chapter 9, we are not going to open it. You will find at the beginning, or the last verse in chapter 8, St. Paul was enjoying the stoning of St. Stephen. And at the beginning of the chapter he said he continued to persecute the church. And sudden, he meets the Lord at the gate of Damascus. In verse 18, 19, and 20, and 21, it says, He was baptized, the scales were out of his eyes, and in the next day he ate and went to synagogue to preach that Christ is the Son of God. How come? What happened? You have the knowledge all your life and because of this knowledge you are persecuting Christ and Christians. There is something different because he met the Lord. in his presence or he chose to be in his presence or he responded properly to the presence of God at the gate of Damascus then the knowledge became a revelation the knowledge which I used to persecute the church became a personal revelation to reveal his son in me what was before that it was a man called Jesus I am going to persecute him and all his followers and now it became a revelation that's why you are not going to hear a different gospel in the church or a different Bible or a different liturgy but God is going to make it a revelation for you Father Alexander Schmemann says in the liturgy the Holy Spirit even converted the scriptures that we read, which we read hundreds of times before, into a personal revelation so, in your quiet time, God is converting the scripture into a personal revelation. St. Augustine read the whole Bible three times and he found thousands of mistakes according to his understanding of time. In the fourth time, it became a revelation. If you are stuck today in this elimination stage, you feel I have some questions in the Bible. I am doubting the reality because the people I see in the church are totally opposite. It's telling you it will become a revelation. You are not going to look to the faces around you, but to look to the one person, to Jesus Christ himself. That I might preach him among the Gentiles, I I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood why because i received a revelation so in his presence he is going to eliminate everyone with a personal representation. when we heard the gospel in the church it was a revelation a personal message to convert his life despite the guy rich man who heard it from the lord himself he went with great sorrow because he had a great position so, it's not a matter of who is preaching, what sort of readings, who is going to praise the liturgy, who is going to choose for me the quiet time. It is the presence that makes things revealed to me and to you. Again, Second Corinthians 4 6, to see how great and awesome this revelation, how powerful is going to be done in this presence. 2 Corinthians 4.6 It says, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. If you remember the first quote we used by Saint Augustine, he saying he created me, he is in the Father's bosom. He is the creator, through whom he created everything, as Saint Paul says in Hebrews chapter 1. God the Creator, through His Son Jesus Christ, let it be light, and it was light, who has shone in our hearts. The same Creator is in His presence, is going to do the same powerful thing, He is going to shine in your heart. So don't expect lower act, it's an act of creation. Who, shown, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? Again, it's the presence. If you believe that you are now sitting or standing in front of Jesus Christ, who said, "Let it be light," and it came into existence, is the Creator. You can say, "Let it be light in the hearts of X and Y." Everyone. If you believe in such power that by, upon his word a creation or the whole creation was founded, it is not less than that. He is the same power, he is the same God who is able to say, let be light in the heart of my son or my daughter. Where and have The knowledge to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ many of us at one point were struggling to fast struggling to pray, struggling to open the and now they can't stop doing it, why? it became a revelation in Isaiah chapter 4 it says about every glory there is a cover it's telling us in His presence this cover will be taken off. that's why I'm coming to enjoy the fullness of the message. But remember, He is the same one who created life, who created everything, who has shown in our hearts. To see what? In the face of Jesus Christ, in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's why St. John, Tom, in his 50th homily, in the Gospel of St. Matthew, was telling us, many people were saying, I, I wish I was living at the time to see him, to touch him, to speak to him. He's telling him he is in the altar, he is in the Eucharist, not only to touch, or to see, or to relate, but to be in you, to give you his life, to eliminate you in the face of Jesus Christ. And again, Ephesians chapter 4, to see how the elimination is going to happen. How the elimination is a process, and how it's taking off something and putting in something else. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 24, here I have to do something. I have to cooperate synergy again. The elimination is a synergy he is bestowing something, he is shining I am responsible he showed in the heart of Saint Paul and he immediately received a revelation, I am not going to continue in this way anymore that you put off concerning your former contact the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful loss and be renewed in the spirit of your mind in his presence (coughs) he is going to renew Why am I am receiving this elimination and this renewal, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Is it once? No. It's a life process. As sincere the Christ says, this is the problem, sin is the disease, salvation is the process. It's a life process. But the key is, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In His presence, I am going to communicate, to be receptive. He will tell me, what you are doing is wrong. He is going to tell me, your relationship is unholy. Your souls are, are unholy. You need to do so and so. You need to confess. You need to repent. You order know to sit and expose yourself to respectful your father. Maybe you never had it before, but he's telling you, I mean, it's time to do it. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's going to show on his life and then going to respond to it. Um, cool. Are you still with me or sleeping now? No, no. Just to finish in 10 minutes or 5 minutes. The third station or the third stage of transformation. And this is what we are looking for in reality. It's easy to come to a conference, easy to attend a Bible study. It's easy, not easy, as such, but sometimes it's easy to do. But I'm not in this situation. I'm not transformed. And when I hear about transformation, I'm laughing. Even to the point, I can see people trans- transformed. But as Soproni was mentioning this, even when of transformation, he said, "Either it, it is you are crazy to say something like this, or it has never existed and you are just lying to us." Till the point comes when they experience such transformation, then their questions will vanish, and they will see the reality that you are called to a transformation. If now you are arguing with yourself and with others, this is a lie. There is nothing called transformation. I have seen people never change. If you, I have no answer for your question, or I will answer you and you will argue again. But wait until you be in this presence and receive this transformation. First thing, in the transformation, there is a replacement of souls. If you go to. 12 is telling us about both of them and not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so the transformation as I said, my mind is eliminated I received the knowledge and that's it because sometimes when we like reading about God, when we like reading in the scriptures, when we like listening to sermons, um, my mind is mentally satisfied. I know now more than them, they know. I know now better than yesterday. And He's waiting the transformation. So if you are stopping at this point, you read a lot of books. The Lord is telling you, you need to digest it to receive this transformation. You need to enjoy the fullness of the reality, not only on your mind, but in your life. I'm sure many of us can stand and say many words about prayer, or fasting, or reading the scriptures. And then I'm stuck. Why? Because I can't see a transformation. It's talking about God who is changing us in the prayer, but He's the same person for years. God who is changing our minds and our souls in the scripture and still is the same person. He's telling us that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. His will is a transformation. Even the word transformed is the same word used for transfiguration. The same word used in Matthew 17 and mark 9 about transformation is the same word that we are going to be transfigured when st paul says in first second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 be transformed from glory to glory into the image of the son of Christ. this transformation it means to be Christ like the christian is to ask the holy spirit transform me and you to be Christ like that's why in His presence this transformation does not happen. Then someone asks, "Give me a practical way to do it." The answer is, "Do it." There is no practical way to do it. The mystical act of Christ cannot be comprehended with your mind and my mind. And unfortunately, when we may go and tell Him, "Do this as you did in Saint Anthony, um, as you did with Saint Paul," He so says, "Don't limit me." I am the awesome, mighty God, who is able to do beyond your comprehension. We pray it many times every day. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. It's a transformation. Again, if we believe that He is the one who shone in us, then He is able to shine again and to create again a new heart in you and me we sing it in the song but how many times you go out after you pray this not going out from his presence but going out with his presence receiving and feeling and acting with a new heart a real repented renewed heart again why the church chooses song to be sung seven times a day it's a need and it's a reality if you imagine the church at least expecting seven recreation of your heart a day can we see you the same day, the same person not over 20 or 30, 40, with the same bad habits with the same hardness in heart with the same stubbornness is creating up it's a reality just if we think of the reality of the word of god and in its action. Again, it's a synergy. I'm telling you, I know the plague of my heart, and I'm coming now to receive a transformation of my heart. A heart was able to forgive, maybe I didn't forgive for years, Was able to love, to love not in a selfish way, but the way you showed us is unhappy. And then the transformation will give us new senses. Let me read with you the last verse in this transformation. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. At least, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern Why the change is not happening? Why the transformation is not clear despite I am in His presence? Because there is no synergy. The synergy says I am going to exercise. My sense have to exercise. To know where to look and where not to look. What to do and not what to do. This is an exercise. He is giving me a power a recreation and then I have to exercise what I received. If now you are qualified for any degree, you need to exercise what you have learned. Otherwise you will not be able to practice. That's why the first few weeks or months or sometimes years you are going to be trained to be ex- to exercise how to do it. You know, you have the knowledge but you don't have the exercise, you have the illumination, you have the purification, you have been told exactly what to do and what not to do, but you need to be transformed, your hands have to be clever enough to do it, having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We spoke maybe in another conference about the two lists in our mind. One of the lists we have is the voluntary acts. Now I want a cup of tea. I have to move to the kitchen. I have to put the kettle on. It's a voluntary act. But the involuntary act, my breathing. My heart is working. All my body is working or most of it is working involuntary. To grow. Transformation, to grow in the elimination, to grow in my relationship, to be in His presence, it means my list of invalid acts became more than the voluntary ones. I'm not thinking to go clubbing on Saturday or not and to be drunk, but I will eat on Sunday morning or I will be a servant on Sunday morning. I'm not thinking of it. It's out of discussion for me. I'm not thinking of how to enjoy fellowship by saying or using unholy stories or unholy conversations. It's out of my mind. By growing this transformation makes the involuntary list bigger and bigger, and the voluntary one is too small. Why? Because now I'm in his presence. I can't make it because he is with me and I am with Him at all times. The last speech, unification or unity with God. Because the aim of the whole thing is to be one with Christ. Does it mean that I have to wait for verification, elimination, transformation to be one? No. From day one, when you were baptized, the same day, you had communion you will with one with one. Why? Because he is giving grace first and telling me by my grace, by being in me and with me, you are going to seek purification, you are going to seek elimination, you are going to seek transformation. So not because we put unification in the end, it means we wait until we are good enough. No, from day one, the four stages are working. And the forces are growing in the same time. So in the fraction we use our church, and of course you can use any church of St. Cyril of Alexandria. We say, when your glory descends on your sacraments, our minds are lifted up to see your majesty. It's a reality again. Then what is going to happen? On the change of the bread and wine to the body and the blood, our souls will be changed to share,
1: We are not saying
0: good words, nice words of sense He is telling us this is the reality. And unite with your divinity. Create in us, O Lord our God, a pure heart, let your spirit dwell inside us, renew our senses with your power, and make us worthy of your gift. This is real. That in the Eucharist, this unity is going to happen. We are uniting ourselves with Him and we share in your glory we share and in the same fraction blend us with your glory we are mixed with him we are not bringing words this is what the lord said in john chapter 17 verse 22 He's telling us i have given them the glory you have given them in john 14 20 is about this unification at that day he will know that i am in my father and you in me and I in you on that day in the church it's day one when you're baptized in the church it's every day but again it depends on you and me am i activating this unity from just used to come because my parents would be upset if I'm not coming with them to church every now and then. When I was young, it was every week now, every now and then is good enough for them. And this unification will lead to a unification of will. We say in the Lord's word, we are seeking your will be done in my life, not in the world, only. It's in my life. And how we can make it? Through the work of Christ Himself. I am reminding myself with Him that I can be able to do what He has done, when He took my flesh. Mark 14.36 it says, And He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from Me, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. If you are not able, and if you are saying my will is weak, is telling you now, it's not your will anymore, you are united with me, it's my will, you are able to say as Jesus said, let it be not my will, but your will, one of the lies we believe is that we need to be inhuminated in it, the will is not a noun, it's a verb. St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 and 14, God is working in you to will and do. And do. To will. So it's time in his presence to know that by uniting yourself in Christ, your will is going to be active. It's a verb. And you'll be able to say with Christ, not what I will, but what you will. This is a transformation. This is a reality that Christ came to give it to us. Who for us and for our salvation became man to unite His will with the Father and to unite us with Him, to say with Him, not, did it be not my will, but your will. Finally, to see, to see how important it is. Others are not Christ. It's a choice. And He is willing that all of us in His presence will make the right choice to be Christ. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with His passion and desires. In such unity, we'll be able to do with Christ what He has done for us in synergy. Giving me the power of the crucifixion, giving me the power. My chance and desire, because he was able to make it. He was victorious in his real temptation to give this victory to you and to me. Again, his unification. The very simple meaning of the unification is I am one with Christ. Everything He has done on earth is equipping and empowering me to do it through the Holy Spirit. Because the love of God choose us to enjoy the fullness of it. When we have the exercise yesterday to speak to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit because all the Church is bringing us before the Holy Trinity. Four stages. Purification. Elimination, transformation, and unification. We receive all this in His presence. I will stop at this point, and I wish to hear from your support. May the glory of God be you from now on. <laughs>